Yeah. I'm uh, I'm recording. You can't stop oh, it you? now. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm, oh hey, was uh, I didn't ask you earlier. How did your uh, your weekend go for the uh, golf? Um, you know, can't win them all, Dan. For God's okay. sake. Sorry. <laughs> I guess. Hey, 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 um, the Tampa Bay Lightning failed to three peat last night, and uh, Howard failed to three peat uh, at the Senior Club Championship. Yeah. <laughs> you have that in common. Yes, we do. It's hard to three peat. Because you got to win yeah, right. two, <laughs> and then you got to win one, and then more. you got to win the <laughs> third one, and that is the the tough one. It's tough to three p. Yeah, no, it was not to be, and um, yeah, a buddy of mine won. You know, it's it's funny the senior category because at at the club level you become a senior at fifty, but at the provincial and national level. You're not eligible to play in those tournaments until you're 55. Ah. So myself as a soon-to-be 63-year-old, I'm halfway there. You know, I was competing against my buddy who has just turned 50. And that difference, that's quite a gulf of uh, time between 50 and 62 and a half. Yeah, well, and, you know, even 55 to 65, there's a bit of a, well, a significant drop-off. I don't even really know how that's fair. I think there should be a separate 65 category. Do um, they do that? A- actually, in the province, there is. Yeah, I would think. Yeah, when, when you get to, like, these tournaments that, I pl- that I, I'm going to play in, when you get over 65, you're in a, you're, you compete against the rest of them, but there's a 65-plus mm-hmm. category that you can also win. Right. So there's old and then old, old. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. There's old, there's really old. And then there's like, and then they give you a participation prize for, sh- <laughs> for hey, showing up. You know what's getting old? Watching former Leafs raise the Stanley Cup above their head. Oh yeah, who, who was it this time? Oh, it was Nazem Kadri. Oh, Kadri, right, right. Of course, Kadri. This one really, really hurts, right? Because oh, he's right. he's every he's everything the Leafs need. He makes half of what John Tavares makes. And the Leafs get rid of him because he had got suspended a couple of times in the playoffs. And last night in the post-game comments, he said, uh, to anyone who thought I was a liability in the playoffs, you can kiss my ass. Did he really? <laughs> Good for him. And, uh, and then he raised the cup above his head and all Leaf fans went, yes, this is getting old. <laughs> this is getting tiring. Yeah. Did he really say that? Oh, yeah. Good for him, man. Mm-hmm. So I remember that he, he he was traded away. Was it just this year he was traded away? No, the year before last. I okay, believe. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Another former leaf. Well, anyway, yes. Thank you, Dan. I I did though uh, while we were away last Wednesday. I qualified once again for the provincial senior championship. So that was a bit of a win for me because I really wanted to get back in it. I don't know how many times this will be, but but what that does is it allows me now an opportunity to play in the Canadian Senior Champion, a chip uh, in Red Deer, Alberta. So you played really hard so you could play in Red Deer. Yes, <laughs> that's right. So you're you're yeah. definitely in that one. Um, in in Red Deer, not yet. Well, here's the thing. Usually, how how it works is you qualify by how you do in the provincial championships. But because okay. whenever it's outside of Ontario, 
Mm-hmm. It's even if you don't qualify through the tournament, like usually the top 25 or 30, whatever guys in Ontario get invited to the Canadians, which I did last year, but did not play. Mm-hmm. But when they are outside of Ontario, um, what I'll do is I'll, I will apply anyway, even if I don't qualify through because, you know, not everyone's going to travel to Western Canada to play in this tournament, but I am I going to. Mm-hmm. I'm going to because uh, I have family out there. I can go see my uh, other brother's grandsons. And it's Red Deer. I mean, who doesn't want to be in Red Deer, you know, in the fall? I haven't been in Red Deer for a long time. Isn't that where your car... Where was it? Does Fred know the story of you driving your car home to Edmonton? And oh, yeah, uh, it was Red such Deer, a piece no. of shit that you just... It broke down. You'd left it by the side of the road. <laughs> no, that's, that's two different stories. Okay, sorry. One is I left it beside the road to uh, hitch a ride back with Danny Kingsbury to Edmonton, and, okay. and somebody rolled that car into the ditch. <laughs> just, just for fun? Yeah, I guess so. I came back, it was in the ditch. Just as a prank. on the roof. That's yeah, funny. I did drive it out of the ditch. No, the one you're talking about, I think, is when I was heading home for Christmas and I went through from Moose Jaw to uh, uh, around Piapot, Saskatchewan. It's oh, yeah. My car broke down and then I had to sell it to a guy for 30 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> that was a Christmas miracle. <laughs> yeah. What is that? Piss pot? Piss pot? Pi- yeah, piss pot. Piapot. <laughs> you oh, racist. Pie-a-pot. I thought he. Well, why not? Why not? Yeah, why not? How dare you not? Let's just let's get it out of the way. (laughs) Actually, actually, it's worse than that. So, so there was a a guy at a a service station who said, "Yeah," uh, or I I don't know. He he said, "Well, I I know a guy who might want to buy one of those foreign jobs. It was a Toyota Corolla or something like that." And I said, "Uh, "Okay, so great." So, the the guy, um, uh, called this guy, paid him thirty bucks. And then the guy at the gas station drove me out to uh, the highway so I could hitchhike a ride. You know, this is Christmas time uh, on the highway. It was pitch black on the, on the highway. And I, I did end up getting a ride. But he, then he said, I think I deserve a little something for my time. So mm. he, uh, I had to take the $30 that I got from the car and then mm. paid oh. him the $30. <laughs> Oh, you gave me a jolt when he said I deserve a little something yeah, exactly. for my time. I, <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. It was one of those stories, That's right? That's right. Yeah. What happens in pie pot stays in pie pot. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, lots, lots of, a lot of stuff has happened since the last time we all got together. And uh, here we are again. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, here we are again. So why don't we start uh, things off? Uh, by the way, Noel Kassler, um will be our guest today, and and it wasn't planned. He, he there, there's a bunch of people that are like monthly regulars. I think you all know that by now. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened on the um, heels of that historic Supreme Court. Uh, maybe you've heard of it, Dan. The uh, Roe v. Wade was overturned. I did heard mention of it yeah. somewhere. You may have heard about that. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about a little bit about that with um with Noel. With Noel. No, that's what I was getting at. Yeah, yeah good timing. Hmm. Yeah, good timing uh, having that boy on today. You have, you have good timing with guests. Yeah, the last yeah. couple of months have been Jack, great. Jackie Delaney came yeah. on when well, Darren's some, thing happened. Sometimes things work out. Not often, but they do. Yeah. We odd time. Mm-hmm. We'll stop. Yeah, given our uh, 
33-year history. Speaking of radio milestones, this summer, I guess I got my first gig 45 years ago. Wow. In Weyburn, Saskatchewan. I was there for three weeks. Mm -hmm. Then they um, no longer required my services. (laughs) You know, I'm not sure if it was three or six, but it wasn't very many weeks. And I was only doing one shift a week. And Weyburn is about 90 miles from Moose Jaw. And I would go in and I would do midnight to eight. And then I would drive back to Moose Jaw. And, And after four or five of these shifts that I did, Somebody decided that I was no longer, I was not cut out for CFSL Weyburn. Mm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So that was the overnight shift? I on did a the on, on, one shift a week was all I got. What? How bad were you? I was pretty bad, I guess. Okay. Um, wow. It's not, I don't, I think that I was a combination of not very good and not right for the format of the station. Ah. Uh, but that okay. afforded me the opportunity to apply for, to a, a CHAB in Moose Jaw. Where I was hired to read the weekend news, and that's oh, what I didn't I, know that. Yes, I, I did the weekend news for a few. Yeah, for about three or four months, I read the weekend Saturday and Sunday morning news, and then after my Saturday morning shift, which ended around noon, I would go down the street and have uh, lunch with my dad. Hmm. Who uh, that was? That was well, back well, in. The- what would you do after that? <laughs> from you know, sometimes I would go golfing in your car, drive home. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Watch some TV. You know, my uh, I've told you the story of my mom and dad. My mom knew I smoked cigarettes, but my father didn't. And uh, a few months after that, I was doing, or maybe a year after that, I was doing an evening shift. And my mom and dad were out for uh, coffee or something in the evening. And they looked up and they saw in the studio, they could see the studio curtains were apart. And they could see smoke in the control room. And that's how my father found out I smoked cigarettes. <laughs> and and what, was the re- do that. <clears throat> what was the reaction to that? You know what? I, I don't really remember. I was already—I think I was eighteen at the time. So, but in the, in our family, like my mom was like that kind of thing where you know no one told my dad because he didn't want to lose his mind. But my mom was like, "Yeah, whatever." Mm. Anyway. Yeah, that's funny how that's changed over the years too. Quickly, um, you could have um, parents that smoked like chimneys. But even if you got older and you were caught, it was a big crisis. Oh, yeah. Where now it seems to be the attitude of a parent smokes. How could you? How can you look at a kid and tell them they shouldn't? Other than, you know, it's not good for your health. But <laughs> if they do it and they're brought up in that environment. Yeah. But we were brought up. No, you ask a good question. We were all brought up in the <clears throat> do as I say, don't do as I do era. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, forty-five years, Dan. And how about wow. you? What, what, you you're, you're, you're a couple of years before me. How are you? Do you, would you even know? I know you don't know dates or times or years. Do you know what what year you started in radio? I know Fred does. Yeah, I think it was uh, seventy-six. Really, six seventy-seven somewhere in there. Well, I started in seventy-seven. I was an op, a board op. I ran what was voice, your voice tracks back in at CFRN in Edmonton? And what about you, Freddie? What was the year? 78. 78? See, there mm-hmm. you go. Yep. I just had it like that. Uh, yeah. Probably July. Well, yeah. Pretty much. Uh, what's that now? 78. That's 44 years ago. Around this time, I started at CKFH. Yes. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of starting, let's begin. Shall we, Dan? 
This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from Humble and Fred Studios in Toronto and studios on the lusty shores of Lovesick Lake and is brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Health Gauge, Relaxacare, and DraftKings. And now here are two men who took a week off to take their influence to show leadership and help advance, cause, advance causes in the world of golf and dock maintenance. It's Humble and Fred. Yeah, we've been talking about me coming up to the lake, and I said to Fred, you know, we could go golfing that week if you want. He said, well, or we could play bocce and cornhole. And I'm like, do you guys use protection? <laughs> you see? Well, that was a good, good one. A good one? Yeah. 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 yeah, protection. I'm going to get into a cornhole jamboree with you guys. Yeah, Dan, Dan helped me this weekend level... Uh, sort of the deck over the water and my dock. We leveled both and firmed them up. It was fantastic. You know, his expertise with stuff like that and his uh, he's meticulous, right? He wants everything just perfect. So mm-hmm. uh, when he leads the charge at the end, you look out and you go, wow, what a difference. Everything just looks so level and nice. And, uh, you know, you got to get in the water to do that type of thing. And I get up here and realize that I had not brought my bathing suit. Who goes to a lake? I know. <laughs> it forgets so, a bathing suit. Dan ends up Dan ends up lending me a bathing suit. Come on. And it just Yeah, he did. And it just happened to be the bathing suit that he had on backwards the week before. You know that story. Yes, of course. Okay. So it was weird because I put I I got the bathing suit, I pulled them on the proper way, and the meshing looked up at me and started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I was waiting for this. Yeah. That's all you got? <laughs> no, the meshing looked That's up. That's it? The meshing yeah, looked it was up. It's embarrassing. And, yeah, it said, Is this a woman? <laughs> 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 That's funny. Hey, this the mesh, the mesh was like this lady's got some tiny nuts. Yeah, I'm like wow. Yeah, my goodness. Hey, it's going to be an easy weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I like the cartoon mesh. Uh, so how? So what do you do? You do you level the? What do you do? You do leveling. Well, when stuff gets unlevel, you level it. Really. And from the lake, it was getting so if you drove by my place in a boat, it just looked, it doesn't look good when your dock's sort of saggy dock. Wonky. Yeah. Well, we all have that. So, um, you know, you level her up. You get the And how long does that take? Does that take a couple hours? Is that a couple hour job? And the dock was, the dock was maybe half an hour and the platform was what, Dan, about an hour and a half maybe? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but what about... That's I'm not 100% comfortable with the idea of sharing another man's bathing trunks. I mean, well, it's like I wouldn't lend you my underwear. But I only wore them once backwards. And, and, <laughs> <laughs> and then they maybe were that, laundered. Maybe that, well, yeah, I know they're laundered, but so is, you know, underwear, I suppose. I suppose in a pinch I would lend you my underwear. Yeah, if you really, yeah, you would. Um, and I'll I'll wash these out really nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially in your dirty bum area. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was. So I'll, I'll scrub it out really nice, yeah. and um, you know he'll he'll receive them. Be good as new. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if it was the other way around? If Dan had to borrow one of your man? 
He'd be all like trying to yeah. squeeze it in there. <laughs> like sausage in a casing. It's too tight. It's too much sausage. Your your bathing your bathing trunks would be like, What's happening? Oh boy. <laughs> your bathing trunks would be like, I don't feel good. It's yeah. too tight. <laughs> Yeah, but so those jobs, those jobs we did were relatively minor yeah. and the uh, big payoff. So it feels good when you, you know, you get yeah. out there and you use your hands and then, you know, you can see the uh, and feel with the <laughs> sure the, the docks not bouncy anymore. And it just it was good. It was a good. Uh, little, Let me ask you a question, Dan. Yeah. Is this the same approach you use with your paperwork? <laughs> yeah you know <clears throat> dan is so skillful too with whenever we we're talking about his hog mm. um he changes the subject yeah he's very yeah no he's adept at that he, he is no he's beautiful because he he gets all embarrassed you can tell by the look at the look on his face right now he's yeah. just sort of bashful and he's so different than you and i because as i said before if mm. that if we had that we just, yeah. that's all we, every show, that's all we'd be that's talking all it would about. Be. It'd be, be a like, separate podcast. Oh, no, <laughs> it would be. We'd mm-hmm. have to do a separate podcast, the Big Hog Podcast. Right. Hogcast. Yeah. You know, they mm-hmm. say podcast, so they have to have like a niche. They have yeah. to be, you know, focused. Not that this one is, but yeah. that would be. <laughs> that's right. That Others would be are. The big, that would be, yeah. hey, the big, have you heard Dan Duran's uh, or uh, Humble Howard's Big Cock Podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it's Humble and Fred, two guys with giant wangs just sit there talking about it. Oh, yeah. The other day I took it out. It was immense. Uh, um, hey, speaking, the, yes, speak, go ahead. Speaking of speaking. giant hogs. Yes. Did you see that story? The, you know, what's going on in the world? Now there's this thing called giant hogweed, and it's growing around Ontario. Mm-hmm. In Toronto, in particular, in the Don Valley, where the conditions are perfect, and this stuff—if you get—if you rub up against it, it can cause severe burns. Mm. And if you rub up against it, and then you're out in the sun, it can even enhance that burning, like yeah. severe burns. The sun is a big thing. I've heard about that before. That the sun is a big thing with that. That and, and it's new. It's invasive. It's new mm-hmm. to the area. So much of this bullshit going on. Like why? And 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 it can uh, it can affect other vegetation in the area. Like kill kill it. And they grow to like fifteen feet high. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Giant although, although, hogweed. Although when you first said it, I thought you were saying giant hog week. And I'm like, is it, they have a whole week for that? Is that like a thing at the Bay? It's giant hog week at the yeah. Bay what's, this week. What's, what's, what's that, happening Dan? to the world? No, what's but you know, the there's world? all sorts of invasive fish now in the lakes and yeah. uh, fish that weren't in the, in you know, like e- even here in the Kawartha Lakes. And, giant and hogweed is a, is a member of the carrot family. Yeah, and its resemblance to Queen Anne's lace caused it to become a garden ornament, ornamental. Hmm. Okay, it spreads easily lips. and can establish along roadside ditches and streams. And it's way worse than poison ivy, is it? Yeah. Giant hog derma- dermatitis, Dan. Uh, I'm sorry, Dan. Yeah, like Fred was saying, if you brush up against it and you don't wash your your you know wherever it was mm-hmm. and you may not even know that they had it and then it gets exposed to the sunlight that's when those third degree burns come into it come on yeah okay. what so happens if yourself. we what happens if you rub up against your giant hog is there any third degree burns well 
you laugh at a, you know i do about maybe 15 years ago 13 years ago up here i got poison ivy and i it was the classic thing i didn't know it was on my hands and i had a leak and i wiped my arse and i had poison ivy all down my leg and on my bag and the cheeks of my ass it was brutal oh, oh, okay hang on a second back up what happened you wiped your ass after you peed no. no, I just I got mixed up. I, had, I, went I up got the mixed thing up there. On, I, 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 I think I went up the hill to work on my satellite dish. Okay, and I got all sorts of poison ivy on my hands and on me. And before, and you know, without realizing it, then you know you have it on your hands. You have a leak. You're oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Your clank, and then if you sit down, you wipe your arse or whatever, and it, it spread all over. And it was yeah, it wasn't fun. No, it doesn't sound like any fun at all. But you can you see I was confused. Um, no, I didn't go to the hospital. I just a lot of calamine lotion and you weighed it out. It sounds it horrible. See. Yeah, so itchy, man. Yeah. Crazy. Oh. Did, and, and, but you yeah, you see, I was confused because you said, you know, well, you took a pee and then you also wiped your ass. I was like, is he peeing out of his ass? Uh, <laughs> you know, these are the questions. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Is that too much even for you? Okay. Yeah. Dan, uh, yep. Dan's news coming up a little bit later. We're going to, uh, as I mentioned, speak to Noel Kassler. Lots of uh, Roe v. Wade, lots of America talk. But first, let's just take a few minutes and try and, you know, just enjoy the beginning of another show. Talk about the nice people that support us, Fred. Yes, like the retirement Sherpa, yeah. Tim Niblett, a uh, portfolio manager, Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors uh, Protection Fund. Uh, Tim will be by this Wednesday. Uh, we look forward to his return visit. Uh, the markets have been very volatile lately. I guess he'll give us an update on that and what the future uh, looks like, you know, uh, the near future. Uh, we're all interested in that if you have a portfolio. By the way, if you have a portfolio and you want someone to have a second look at it, if it's not Tim, Tim will have a look at that portfolio, give you the straight goods, and uh, maybe you'll come over to his side. Maybe not. Maybe you're doing well. Tim's a straight-up guy, licensed on both sides of the border. If you need some help... With your financial situation, Tim Niblett, RetirementSherpa.ca. You know, mention all the golf I've been playing and, uh, you know, a lot of stress and strain on my body. And I got to tell you, it's been two months now. I've been in this relationship with the Relaxacare massage chair. The Symphony is what I have. You can check it out online. Relaxacare offers all top name brands and is the biggest in Canada for wellness products like massage chairs and saunas and other stuff as well. You can order online or visit them in person at relaxacare.ca. I, um, as I mentioned last week, you know, people keep asking me, hey, Howard, has the novelty worn off? I say, no, people. No, it is not. Stop asking me. When I get in this chair, one of the settings I use is stretch. When, I, when you were over here test driving it, I can't remember. I think I gave you a full body. Yeah. But I use this stretch feature, and it's like getting not only a massage, but like, especially after golf or activities, you're going to find it, like I have, amazing and well worth the expense. Maybe these are your massage chair years. We recommend 
relaxacare.ca. Now, I know you and I are not Elvis fans. I know that about you. I know you and I have never been like that big on him. But I took myself to the movie the other day, the Elvis Presley movie, and I got to tell you, um, from a just a pure whatever they, I think the category is called biopics, it was really good. Like, it's a good movie. And then the fact that it's about somebody that's so iconic um, made it interesting for me. And I, I, I still left there not being that, you know, I'm still not that big on those songs. But seeing that kid, whoever that guy was mm-hmm. that portrayed Elvis, yeah, that's definitely well worth the money. The whole thing. And, and Tom Hanks as Colonel Tom Parker. You know, we often... Uh, look at people and think oh i wonder you know how hard can that be when then you see a guy like tom hanks and he's so good at that stuff and he's so good at playing this character he was uh it'll be one of those things where he'll get like a nomination or something you know yeah i look forward to seeing that yeah you'd Um, like it i've seen a lot of biopics about uh, about people that i didn't particularly like what they do but the story of their life is is interesting and you know hey how do you ignore elvis I mean, uh, to me, Elvis always seemed like a novelty act. I've said that before, like, you know, a parody of something. Just the way I received him. And uh, But how do you argue with the history and the influence that the man had? Well, that's something uh, I, I, again, by the time, like, I, back to my start in radio. So I was working in radio in, uh, in August of 77, which I think is when he died. Um, yes. So I I was just in the business and one of the guys I worked for, in fact, the guy that gave me the name Humble, you may have heard of Humble Out, um, he was in his late 30s. So he was, you know, maybe 20 ish years older than us or me at the time. And Elvis was a big influence in his life. And I remember him going on the air and he was quite broken up about it. It was a big deal to those guys. But what I didn't know about Elvis or I'd forgotten or maybe I is in the early 50s when he broke what it the what it did how much of a big deal it was in society mm-hmm. and you know i knew that he'd gone in the army but one of the reasons he went into the that they it was almost like a pr move he was getting so much pressure for you know this new kind of music and and dancing that way and and you know like it was a pretty racist society even you know i should say even back then they didn't like a white boy moving like the negroes which is what they were saying in the movie in the in the in the mid 50s and it caused quite a stir and and the pr move was we need to portray elvis as an all-american boy what's more all-american than signing up for the army and shipping off to germany for a couple years which is where he meets priscilla anyway it's fascinating uh, yeah, like, wasn't it, was it the first time he was on Ed Sullivan, they they couldn't show him from the waist down or yeah. something? Yeah. Is that, uh, can you imagine that? <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, the whole thing <laughs> is wild. Does the movie include his death? It doesn't, it, well, it doesn't include, it, it sort of ends, you know, uh, he it, it shows the footage of when he died and, and the reaction in the world. Oh, okay. But it doesn't show him on the toilet. No, if that okay. was your question. So it just sort of, oh, I see. So the movie yeah. ends and then they just, with real time footage. Yeah. 
and right. and and, it, and it's funny. I went and I went back and looked at some of the things that they were portraying. You know, the nineteen sixty eight comeback special and the leather jacket and such. And I yeah. went and looked at the real Elvis. And anyway, this kid, whoever I can't remember his name, but this young gentleman who played Elvis, yeah, is really really good. I remember the uh, the television special. Remember, he wore the white suit, and he looked really really bloated. Yeah, that was the uh, satellite thing. That was the first satellite broadcast. Elvis live from Hawaii. Okay, is that what it was? Yeah, and he was that. He was bloated he, Elvis by then. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he was squeezed into that white suit. Yeah, and yeah, he really he didn't look well. He wasn't and at the time, right? Nineteen seventy-seven. So I'm twenty-one. He's literally twice as old as me. As me. Yeah. A 42, and when you're 21, a guy 42 years old, you think, is an older guy, right? Like a yeah. an old guy. Not quite an old guy. No, but, but an older you know guy, for sure. And now when you look and realize that the guy sitting here at 65, you at 62, and the guy dies at 42, he was a kid. Mm-hmm. Well, you think know? about it. He was only two years older when he died than your mm-hmm. son-in-law turned... Yes. In the la- was it uh, Josh in the last week or so I saw that he turned 40. Yes, on Thursday. Yes. So think about that. Look how young and I I, I saw some pictures mm-hmm. this uh, Josh's uh, Fred's daughter's wife, husband's uh, husband. husband. Yeah, yeah. Um and I saw some pictures from the party and I'm like he looks 40. That's what I thought. I go that's a 40-year-old? Yeah. He looks so young. Yeah. Well, we were looking at some pictures last week from around here from around the park the tin palace park when we were all in our early 40s and we look like really we look so young but hey it's 25 years ago why wouldn't we well yeah (laughs) but at the time you think you know oh yeah you think you're all that you're all grown up and you've got kids and you're paying taxes and you've got you know a job not all of us no (laughs) 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 yeah not everybody but most people. Anyway, um, yeah, I just thought of the Elvis thing. I wanted to mention it to you because, again, you know, neither of us are... And it's not like I... It was just interesting to see what was going on. Why He wanted to be a movie star. He wanted to be James Dean mm-hmm. and all those weird movies they made. And Yeah. But, you know, I was never a huge Johnny Cash fan either, but I loved that, whatever the name of that movie was. I thought it was excellent. And there's there's a a, yeah. a ton of them. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. You know the wit- I think what the uh, oh the uh, although I like Tina Turner, but that docu sort of drama thing was great. And uh, isn't there a Whitney Houston one? All yeah. that the history of these people are fa- is fascinating. No, for sure. Um, anyway, I just wanted to recommend that if you're looking for a movie. So we've talked about giant hogweed. And uh, Elvis as well. Noel Kassler is going to join us. And I thought we would wait until then to get right into the Roe v. Wade stuff. I, I, I just want to say, too, I should have mentioned this with Dan. Like The last week or so of, you know, Ontario weather, mm-hmm. this really is it. I mean, it's just been, you know, like relentlessly nice and, and warm. And, it, and I was going to say to you guys, like, it's so nice. There's really nothing to complain about. You know, even the fact that it's been super hot hasn't been that bad. There hasn't been like day after day of feels like 40. But we're pretty lucky here. These, You know, this really is kind of the sweet spot of the summer. Yeah, it sure is. 
It was lovely. I spent a lot of time sitting on uh, the dock this weekend just looking up the lake. Mm-hmm. Molson Ultra in hand. Nice. Mm-hmm. That a boy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a couple of uh, sober carpenters myself, an Erdinger or two, but I really am jealous of that. I love that whole, you know, sitting on the dock looking at nothing kind of thing, and that's why I'm looking forward to coming up and doing that with you guys for a couple of days. Yeah, you really veg out. I should uh, give a little shout out, too. Um, you know, there's a brand of beer called Bob Cajun, but ironically, that brewery is not in Bob Cajun. It's in Peterborough. Um, but in Bob Cajun, there's a, a little brewery called Old Dog. And I popped in there last week and bought some of their product to try it. And I shared uh, some with Dan yesterday. It was it was called Yellow Lab Lager. Man, it was delicious. Good job. Really? How these, these little microbreweries, you know, you actually see the, the kettles or mm-hmm. whatever you call them and... The, the stuff they make nowadays, wow. You know, when all these young brewmasters come up with all these different formulas, it was uh, very good. So anybody that's in the area of Bob Cajun, drop into the old dog there and grab yourself a, la- a yellow lab, but they have five or six different brands. Isn't it interesting, too, that years ago we used to make fun of Dan because Dan was always the one that was yes. bringing up and, and offering up different mm-hmm. beers. You know, when... Most of us were just drinking regular beer. I mean, I think yes. maybe the most adventure some I ever got was like, I drank some Sleeman's, which I liked, and there was another one. Um, there was a red beer I used to like a lot, Rickard's Red. Right. But those were sort of, you know, entry-level, you know, specialty beers. But Dan was the first. Dan was the one that would have, a, you know, a six-pack of every different kind of beer from around the world, and now it's just commonplace, you know. Right. Remember uh, when I was a kid for my dad's birthday or Father's Day, I would buy him a case of Bredor. Remember Molson Bredor? Mm-hmm. I think it was like one of the few beers above 5%. I think it was 6%, and it had the sort of gold rim around the top, and it was a few bucks extra. But that was sort of stepping out with beer yeah. years ago. And, uh, and now a lot of these microbreweries, these uh, craft beers, you got to watch it, man. you got to check the can because some of them are like 75 eight percent you know i stay away from that stuff but speaking of beer did i tell you the story about me drinking a beer a real beer in calgary did i tell you that i can't remember if i did no how did that happen mistake yeah um it was an honest mistake um i was at my brother's you know i told you we surprised david for his birthday i went to calgary and after the round, we had dinner in, in the dining room of the golf course. Really nice. And everyone orders a beer. And I asked the waitress, can you call the waitress? I asked the server, the human server, for a Heineken. They had two other kinds. They had, um, this is where the conversation got a bit confusing. There was a couple other beers. I said, uh, what do you have in non-alcoholic beers? She mentioned a couple. And then the third option was Heineken. And I said, no, I'll have one of those. So... All the beer arrives at the same time to the mm. table. There's five of us. And I think everyone had draft except for me, so their beers were ready to cheer. So I just grabbed the bottle. I didn't really look at it. Everyone was cheersing, so I cheersed too and took a drink of the beer and immediately knew something was wrong. And I looked down, and it's a real Heineken. So I, I got a little bit... 
I was a little bit unnerved by it because I think, you know, that's six years and six months streak of not having drank a beer. Anyway, they were very apologetic. In fact, they were so they were so nice. And I said, oh, it's no big deal. I, I said, just I, I haven't drank anything for real in so long. Not only did they buy my dinner, they bought the table's dinner. They felt so bad what? for that. Yes. Wow. I know. <laughs> you're thinking. I, I know what you're thinking. You're like, I should try that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the wheels are in motion. That's right. He was caper boss. Wait a second. What's the scam? You ask for a Heineken, but they bring the real one. And you say, no, I don't drink. No, I, 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 they could see I wasn't. Not that I was like freaking out. I, I just. I was a bit shocked, I guess. I was shocked that I did it. Shocked it. And they felt terrible about it. And, um. And they sort of say, oh, so we'll take care of your dinner. And I sort of jokingly said, I said, you should take care of, I said, you should take care of everyone's dinner. And they did. How many people? Five. Holy. What? Yeah. Their dinner and their booze or just their dinners? Whole thing. What? Yeah. A table of six? Well, no, five, that? including me. It was Steve and oh, David. Okay. So there was... Okay. Yeah. The, the, I thought you meant five others. I'm no, sorry. four yeah. others. Uh, okay. You know, the, David, his girlfriend, Stephen and I, my brother, and right. our friend Dave Jukes. And, right. uh Yeah. <laughs> they, they comped the whole thing. That's wild. I know. It was great. But wow. it was weird. Like, I, I will say this. It was kind of weird, and I thought, you know, I don't make a big deal about it. The bartender felt terrible. The waitress felt terrible. The manager came over. And uh, halfway through the meal, I went over to the bartender. And I said, listen, buddy, just, just not that big a deal. Relax. Mm-hmm. And I, he said, well, I just, he was a really nice young man. He said, I really pride myself on uh, I thought it was interesting when he said, I really pride myself. I take pride in my, um, persi- I don't know how he put it. But basically, he took pride in his job. I said, listen. Mm-hmm. I just want you to know, I clean. I said, first of all, I don't drink, but I smoke weed every day. And that made him laugh because right. I'm grandpa. Yeah. And I said, yeah. I, sometimes I take my hash pipe and I clean it in rubbing alcohol. And mm-hmm. once I dry it, I said, the first hit, sometimes I know I'm getting a little bit of alcohol. So don't worry about it. It's not like I've mm-hmm. no alcohol. Is I said, I was, just, I was just sort of shocked in the moment that I drank it. And I realized that they'd made a mistake. I was just a bit in shock. I was like, oh, shit, you know. And it's not like I went, you know, started guzzling and ordering shots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I've had a sip of beer now, once since January of uh, 2016. So you knew, and it was a Heineken, you knew soon as you drank it. As soon as I tasted it, I went, hmm. You know what it was? There's a, there's a bit of a, well, you'll relate to this, a little more, it's a heaviness in it. There's a... I can mm-hmm. tell because no right. matter how good the, the non-alcoholic beers I drink are, and they're very good, there's a bit of a thinness to them. You sure. Know? So you like Heineken non-alcoholic? Yeah. I like Heineken. Well. I like Corona. I mean, your buddy Darren and I have been going back and forth about a bunch of different ones that, that, I, we, that we both like. Um, I'll tell you, the LCBO has a nice selection now. Not that I yeah. go in there very often, but they do. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I, yeah, again, it gets back to price for me. Well, I've told you on the show a few times. Like, I'm drinking this Molson Ultra. It's only 3% 90 carbs for a tall boy. Um, 
but I just I, I it's cheaper than non-alcoholic beer so that's why I drink it so mm. I'm not really trying to stay away from alcohol for any particular reason but 3% is next to nothing obviously and the carbs are very low but I wouldn't hesitate some of them like I've had the Corona which is good it's really it's just good. expensive <laughs> yeah I don't know well I don't have any perspective because I haven't bought regular beer in so long right. but I like that Corona you know again but it's thinner it definitely and and, yeah. and, and it, I, I didn't like drink half this bottle I drank you know I drank a good gulp of it right and could tell immediately and I turned and I and I didn't even it was weird because when it came in front of me it happened in so quickly that everyone was already raising their glass and then I took a sip and I and I could feel I tasted something different then I turned the bottle around expecting to see because the Heineken one says 0.0 and big that's actually the label that says that and I was like oh shit that's not you know and I don't know what people would expect you know somebody that has a drinking issue all of a sudden takes one drink and it's like come on let's go downtown you know (laughs) (laughs) that's what they were thinking in the bar wow yeah that could have been close (laughs) yeah the guy obviously he you know he quit drinking it must have been a problem drinker give him his give him his meal for free he might trash the joint (laughs) oh yeah I don't know what they thought was going to happen but yeah, I was very, uh, I, I actually, it's funny because Stephen and I left before the bill came because we were in separate cars and I didn't find out till the next day when I saw them again, I said, Hey, how did it work out? Did they comp my meal? And they said, no, they comped everyone's meal. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. So that was very nice of them. And what kind of meals were they? Oh, burgers. And it wasn't oh, like okay. fine dining. It was, uh. Mm-hmm. You know, nice golf course food, wings and burgers and things like that. You know, you, mm-hmm. if you, would you like me to call up the menu? Is that what you want to know? No, 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 no. I just I want to know, you know, because that again, that, that's uh, for them to comp five meals and booze is a big hit. Well, and again, you're talking about I think everyone would have had one cocktail, maybe a second, but I doubt it. You know, we're only talking about, you know, five beers or a glass of wine some burgers and fries uh you know again it wasn't like you know a seven course uh fine dining experience well over a hundred bucks probably closer to 200 bucks yeah yeah did they tip the waitress at least i i'm sure they did oh i forgot you did the dine and dash right yeah i got up and left uh-huh. I will say this. I, I mean, if we're if we're allowed to say this, yeah, I'm just going to tell you the server woman, the female mm-hmm. server, yeah, was uh, ridiculous. Like just stunning. Oh my god, yes, Stun- stunning, but a little bit of tattooed in there as well. Like just kind of mm-hmm. a nice combo of you know sweet and salty. If you know what I'm saying. Gets a guy to thinking. Oh, yeah. That type of thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I, that's another mm-hmm. thing, too. I was like, I don't want to make too much of a stink here. I don't want her to think I'm some old grumpy grandpa, you know? No? Right. Right. <laughs> there he there is, he ladies, is and ladies and gentlemen. gentlemen. Um, um, no, 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 we're getting some. We're getting uh, some. Uh, like, I can hear like myself can hear back, myself through, back your through your speakers. speakers. Okay. Um, I. I uh, yeah, yeah. I'm using my headset. Let me uh, let me just switch to the computer version of audio real quick. Yeah, would you mind? Thank better. you. Oh, there we go. 
There we go. We're good. Now. Yeah, I think we're good now? now. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's, it's uh, taking it away. Okay, we'll just deal with the old-fashioned. All right, man. Um, for the last few, uh, I guess somewhere in the pandemic, we met with this uh, gentleman who's become a, a friend of our show, FOS, uh, and a, a, a much-anticipated contributor. He is the host of his own podcast, and of course, we uh, follow him on Twitter, as you should as well, at Castler Noel. Um, he's got this thing I, I haven't been watching it lately But I just, he does these car rants And it's all very funny And it's very uh, pointed And now once again We welcome uh, the very uh, You know the very American But but not Like the You know he, He's almost like he's, he's so he's so thoughtful He's almost Canadian Yeah He's also our Gig Sky guest of the day Is he now what, Well tell me about that Before we Before we officially bring him on Hey man, you deserve peace of mind when you travel, so surf like a local with the tap of a button. Gig Sky offers a 100% data plan. Yeah, maps, Uber, Instagram, WhatsApp, FaceTime, all that stuff you need. Gig Sky has for you a hotel, car rental, looking for things while traveling. Gig Sky travel rewards offer up to 50% cash back on hotels, reduced rates for rental cars, theme parks, all that stuff. Go to gigsky.com slash travel rewards to find out more. Sign up and uh, download the Gig Sky app today and enter code HF2022 for $5 off your first plan or visit gigsky.com for all the information you need. So let me get this straight. You're, let me hear your volume now and just talk. Hey, how you guys doing? Good sounds, to see you. You know, it sounds fantastic. Like, I don't know what was going on with that microphone, but it was just something was looping back. Yeah. Uh, but you sound great. Um, I was kind of looking at your Twitter feed as I do before you come on, and I... I'm not sure, were you out doing shows, or is that a shot of your friends, a band, Zebra Band? Were you doing a show uh, with them? No, but I saw them play last night. Yeah, they were like an 80s prog rock rush kind of band. And, nice. You know, they're still going 45 years later, and they sounded great, you know? Well, I guess you can imagine, like, when we first booked you, or thought I saw you were coming up a couple of weeks ago, I thought, oh, great, we can talk about the January 6th hearings, they're... Some like some some of my favorite episodic television is these hearings, and then of course your country just keeps topping itself. It just keeps getting better and better. <laughs> um, but why don't we leave the uh, the Roe versus Wade for a little bit and let's talk about your reaction? I'm curious what your thoughts are about what you're seeing in these hearings. It's unbelievable, you know, and thanks for having me back on. It's almost like all of these appearances chronicle the disintegration of democracy. Mm -hmm. And these hearings are like the official record of that. It's unbelievable what's being revealed. Last Tuesday alone, you know, it was revealed they had fake electors in Arizona that a Wisconsin senator, Ron Johnson, was trying to deliver them to the vice president. Like, that's insane stuff. Any one of those hearings had two or three fact bombshell things that should have stopped the press that in any other time in American history would be like a major story. You know, Watergate was a couple of guys breaking into an office in a hotel. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, and I it, know. And, and it was like you learned about it in school. Now there's 10 of those things revealed in every hearing and you you start to get the feeling that nothing's going to be done about it. At least I do. You know, I think you know, I'd like to hear what you guys, how it's playing up there. Well, that's just the sad thing about the country. You know, in 1972, 73, whenever Watergate came down, 
you know, people took their sides, had their sides, Republican, Democrat, but it got to the point where all those Republicans said, wait a minute, no, no, this is too far. Republican, my country, I choose my country. Right. And Watergate happened. And now this is so much bigger than Watergate, but we're never going to get to that position, are we? That, that legion of, you know, the that legion of Republican whack jobs are ever going to choose their country over Trump. It's 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 sad. Exactly. And that's the thing that we've always been saying on this show is that Trump told it, turned it into a, a cultural issue. It's my team or their time, he, their team. He divided a country, which is the worst thing you can do to a people because now they view everything through this binary thing. Did yeah. my team win or lose? They don't think of the ramifications of a Supreme Court decision on gun, you know, gun concealment or something. They think, oh, win for my team. Fox yeah. News is going to be happy yeah. tonight. Let's celebrate. And, and you're. And you're celebrating something that's, you know, hurting the whole organism. But, you know? but, the, but yeah. the real the real trick is that they don't. Well, there's a couple of things I wanted to comment on what you said. The, the, first of all, the trick is that because it's so polarized, you, you only think of that as your team. You don't think of the real. What does it mean? Back to what you said, though, about um, Watergate. You know, the Watergate uh, hearings went on for eight months Eight hours a time, guys. Like, we forget it. It was a marathon. They were so thorough. Um, and these guys, I think, have done a great job of encapsulating what went on. But the reaction in the country during Watergate was, we must fix this mess as a because we're all on the same team. What I can't understand, because I've been watching it, as Fred has, I'll go and look at the reaction online from the other side and think, wait a minute, they were just shown that Donald Trump broke two or three laws trying to influence state um, uh, attorney general, what's his face, in Georgia. Mm -hmm. That's breaking the law. And yet the reaction is, wasn't no big deal. Like that's part that I can't reconcile, Noel. Right. It's on tape. You have a tape of him saying, exactly. hey man, I just need to find 11,000 votes. That's admission. You knew you needed the vote. So you're admitting you lost. So yes. everything you're saying is a lie. And here you are coercing a man like a mob boss. And, and, and it's like, man, well, it's my team. So I still love Trump. Let, let, let me just I'll shut up now. No, no, I want to hear you say the guy who did all that had a rally on Saturday where he had a Nazi show up and introduce him and say, we got a victory for white life going here. You know, a lady who quoted Hitler that morning, January 6th, at a rally at the Capitol, who's a U.S. representative from Illinois. That's so beyond the pale of anything we've ever experienced in this country that, honestly, if you're not freaked out as an American citizen, you're not Mm. paying attention. Mm. The division and the hate is so deep. I thought the same thing, Noel. I saw clips from that. And I thought all those people there in Illinois at this rally, it was Illinois, right? Yeah. Um, did they not, have they not watched the hearings? Have they not read about the hearings? Like, or, and if they have, honestly, you don't care. You, you care so much about the country being divided. You care so much about your guns and putting down the black man that you don't care about any of that stuff. It's just so hard to... It's just so hard to get your head around that the people have gone that way. And they ain't coming back. They're not coming back. No, because it's such an industry to turn people that way. It's Fox Mm -hmm. News. It's the Federalist Society. It's decades of big money taking empathy 
taking humanities and arts education out of public schools and giving them nothing but this resentment and this ethnocentric race-based ideology that they're so poisoned with, they're so indoctrinated with, that they're brain rot. They're jihadists. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. I've seen, maybe you guys have too, some of the, the memes online about comparing, you know, American Republicans to, you know, the Taliban. And it's very similar, you know, no rights, you know, love guns, no rights for women, et cetera, et cetera. But I want to stay on this theme of how you can watch what you've seen and then go to a rally supporting that guy. And the answer is this. Mm-hmm. And I've said this a million times that Trump's greatest achievement, if you want, and I say that in quotations, is the idea that news is fake. Because once you can... Once you can just explain away what we've all seen is, oh, that's just the Democrats. You know, one of the things that I, Jim Jordan might have said or one of these assholes, well, you know, what kind of hearing doesn't have cross-examination? Those are Republicans. What kind of cross-examination do you need from people that were actually in the White House with the guy? And they were invited they were, to, do, exactly. to do that. And, and they declined because they didn't. They didn't want to they didn't want to take part in something that was going to expose all this. Absolutely right. And they weren't just Republicans like moderate Republicans like Judge Luddig was a Federalist Society judge. He's somebody who mentored Ted Cruz. You know, he's somebody who was part of all this. And even those guys are like, this was a bridge too far. This was insane. And Howard nailed it. One of the first things Trump did when he came on the public stage as a presidential candidate was say, don't believe the news. It's That's fake right. news. Believe what I say, not what you hear, which is the same thing Hitler and Mussolini and a thousand other dictators have said since the beginning of time. No, you have. Do you have any sort of like centric um, Republican buddies, uh, friends, uh, family? Like how big is that swath up the middle? That we're not hearing from right now. Of course, you hear from the whack job left. You hear from the whack job right. What that thing up the middle, is there enough, this nonsense that we're talking about, is it bad enough that a lot of people up the middle are taking note and we could be surprised in the fall or in 2024? Yes, yes. And that's an astute observation that isn't pointed out a lot because it's not sexy from a media standpoint, right. right? It's easier to focus on the extremists. There's a lot of moderates. There's a lot of har- moderates, a lot of hardworking people that are fiscally conservative, but don't want to see what's going to happen with these, you know, Roe v. Wade and stuff kind of rulings that can be pulled back to the center. And I believe that's the strategy of Liz Cheney, right? <laughs> that's why she's having these dyed in the wool conservatives testify. She's in a way cleansing their reputation for the next generation of conservative, if it can come to fruition, you know, if it can, if, if it can break through the sort of cult-like hold that Trump has on the party. Well, you know? well, you know, Fred's right. And if you look at the polling around, you know, abortion, guns, and January 6th, if you look at the actual numbers, the data, it's all, you know, it, for instance, and I think it's 70 or 80% of Americans, maybe as high as 90, favor some kind of background checks, gun control, some kind of checks and balances. And, I, you know, it's interesting you asked that question, Freddie, because I was literally going to ask a similar question. What are your friends saying about all of this? Because your friends would be guys like us, maybe leaning a little conservative fiscally, but mostly understand that human beings should be left on their fucking own. 
Yeah, they're starting to switch. And I made a not switch, but they're starting. You know, I made a conservative concerted effort to reach out to those kind of people in my life in the last few months. And they're like, hey, no, I know you're liberal and I know I'm a conservative, but like, I don't think everybody should have a gun without a background check. I'm not anti-abortion. They are saying to me privately, like, this is crazy. This is a bridge too far. I think they signed up for the flags, you know, and the fat guy who sounded funny and made politics not boring during the last election. But these guys have daughters, right? They have wives. They have people in their lives. You know, it's hard to look at something like Uvalde and not say, the world needs to be mm-hmm. changed. Like you can't just give somebody the right to walk in and buy an automatic weapon that even the cops are afraid to stop. So, you know, unfortunately, I think as 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 the tragedies pile up, more and more people kind of peel off. But that's why the right goes hard on, you know, p- p- painting the, the Democrats as socialists and evil people and stuff. So, you know. Well, that's right. And you mentioned Fox News and again, the usual people that you would expect to you know spew their garbage um you know i saw that mark levin last week and other people on fox news you know mark he's screaming in the camera this mark levin there's nothing there through all these hearings yeah they got nothing and i'm thinking wow yeah what kind of what are you, are you you some kind of an actor or something we know there's something there who are you talking to and what's in it for you to to tell your audience yeah, like what yeah something what, you know isn't true hold on a little, yeah, that's a great point what is what is the point yes cuz he's not like i've said this before hannity tucker him they're not stupid right they 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 yeah. they, they they watch the same thing we did so what is it what do you guys think what's his is it money it's money it sells. It's a cheap product that's easy to sell. It's selling crap on the street, you know, trinkets wow. and tokens, yeah. merch, that rage stuff. You know, Alex Jones is an idiot, right? He gets mm-hmm. there and screams on his podcast and makes millions. If you look at the numbers that these right wingers get compared to normal people, that you know, that is <clears throat> that's a product that sells. Like yeah. it's fast food. It's know? interesting you brought that up. Here's the thing: I read an article this weekend in anticipation of your appearance. And that's really what the right does better than the left is they that way better messaging. The Mm -hmm. problem with the left or the problem with the not right people is they're just not as good at the outrage and then and the pushback. They seem weak to me. Schiff, Pelosi, Schumer. They're all really nice people. Uh, Raskin. They're all great people. They just seem a bit less edgy. And what the left needs is somebody, they need somebody like Trump, I hate to say this, on the left that's just a fucking maniac who's like, enough of this shit. Yeah. I I think part of the trouble, I think, um, uh, you know, Democrat people in the middle are very critical of the far left. Mm -hmm. But but, um, Republicans in the middle, they don't seem to criticize the far right. And yeah. that's another problem, too, because the far left is being exposed more as whack jobs than the far right right now. Right. Like, it's crazy. And the th- it's, so, it's so ridiculous right now, what we've seen at these hearings. It's so obvious to think that people aren't coming together over this. Yeah. You know, people talk about a civil war. Like, uh, there could be a level or some kind of a civil, civil unrest, one side against the other, in the streets at some point. Could there not? 
there hundred percent will. It'll be a soft civil war. And I believe it began this week. I think with this abortion and the gun rulings, you're going to have states suing each other, right? You're going to have mm-hmm. somebody come from Texas to New York to get an abortion. And then their parents or the parents of the father are going to find out about it and want it stopped or want that person arrested. And then that state is going to give amnesty to another state citizen, it'll be a mess. So states will be suing each other and people will be culturally fighting each other. And Fred, you're right. It's about the left is just in fights. You know, the left is good at sniping at each other because, you know, we didn't use the right, right. Woke verbiage to describe something. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. the other side is lockstep, you know, so it's like you got a bunch of yoga teachers taking on the Hell's Angels, yeah. you know, who no, haven't that's, figured it out. And that's what I mean, like... Mm-hmm. All those people I mentioned are smart, well-intentioned. You know, even the far left, what do they want? They just want more good. But, you know, maybe they're too ideological and they want to switch from fossil fuels tomorrow. But that's Mm -hmm. that's the extent of their wackiness. The far right is so bizarre. And and as we've been evil and evil and Mm -hmm. and and, you know, what you just described, Noel. I mean, again, I don't want to get too deep into the cross state minutia of this but there to fred's point as well there's going to be a civil war of access to abortion gun uh restrictions um belief or not in the in this is the january 6th committee well that that's going to be famous for a thousand years but they it's almost amazing the stories the sub stories it's being ignored by these people that's the civil war yeah. And, and, and as an American, you can feel it every day. You can feel it in the attitude shifts when people are on the highway and they're beeping and honking and screaming at each other and in line at the grocery store and stuff. I talk to people all the time and everybody senses that. You know, mm-hmm. that thing about, hey, that's somebody else's mom or grandma. Mm-hmm. Let me let her go first and have courtesy. That's gone in this country. People are driving around in jacked up pickup trucks with these mufflers that sound like the blitzkrieg when it goes by you. And it's just flipping off your fellow American. And that's dangerous. And that's the, the lasting legacy of Trump that takes a couple generations to wash out, unfortunately, because it's fun for hurt people. You know, there's an old saying, hurting people like to hurt people. That's a lot of what Trump and the right wing taps into. And if we've said on the show, the reason he got 75 million votes, which wasn't enough, um, a lot of those guys had never voted before. Yeah. They don't traditionally vote, but they came out to vote for the evil guy. Right. And they probably will again if he if he runs again. But when it comes to, you know, when push comes to shove and you don't choose your country. Like, you know, I heard uh, the reference, you know, to, to in, in 2000 where Al Gore finally said, you know, for the betterment of the country. I'm not sure I lost, but for the betterment of the country, I will step aside because this just isn't good to continue on like this. You, you're seeing nothing like that now. Donald Trump is just so corrupt and so selfish He's putting the whole country on the line for his for his narcissism. And you know what? His narcissism. And and maybe that's what it will take. Maybe the miracle Mm -hmm. in all of this will be somebody, whether it's Tucker or somebody in the Republican Party to say, and I'm not talking about Mitt Romney. I'm talking about, you know, one of the crazy ones, a Ted Cruz or a DeSantis. It might take one of those to go, you know what? Enough is enough. The election wasn't stolen. And that's the weirdest part. One of the most weird, one of the many weirdest part is that Trump knew 
He was told over and over again. We heard testimony. They all said it wasn't stolen. And yet he continued to ask those people for money the same way that Kenneth Copeland knows there ain't no Jesus, but it pays for his jet. Right. Uh Right. And he made $250 million after the election. Trump did in the stock yeah. deal. A quarter of a billion dollars. Yeah. Okay. And, and as you know, I know Donald Trump, right? I, I knew mm-hmm. him. And uh, I knew the morning of the election that he knew he was beat because I saw a clip early in the day. He went to visit a campaign headquarters in Northern Virginia and I heard it in his voice. I know how his narcissistic brain works and I heard the defeat in his voice and they have polling numbers. You know, campaigns know to the minutia of how well they're doing in swing states and counties within those states. He knew he had no chance the morning of the election. It's all been a grift ever since. Do you think if he doesn't run? A lot of those, a lot fewer of those yahoos will come out and vote. Like, say it's Ron DeSantis. He, you know, it was like Obama, right? I mean, and I've said that, too. The the reason um, uh, Donald Trump got elected is because um, black America stayed home. A lot of people that voted for Barack Obama because a black guy wasn't running, they just stayed home. And they're partly responsible for this. Do you think... If uh, Trump doesn't run, isn't the guy, and it's Ron DeSantis, that a lot of those guys driving the trucks with the fuck uh, Joe Biden's uh, flags will just stay home again? I don't know. That's the million dollar question. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to BS you. It's what keeps me up at night, because if Ron DeSantis has the similar appeal and pull, we're screwed. You know, Mm -hmm. because Ron DeSantis is Trump with discipline and a law degree. Yeah, I was going to say, I I read a great article about him this last weekend, too, strangely enough, that that's what they say. They said, like... Ron DeSantis is Donald Trump with a, a real degree. Like he, he's got, he's a smart guy. He's a greaseball, but he's a smart guy. Here's my, I want to switch. This is a, my segue to Roe v. Wade because I have this theory. I want to run it by you too. <clears throat> so we all know what happened. The Supreme Court overturned, uh, and there, and by the way, there is some people that I sort of respect that have a, a take on this. That there's a constitutional flaw in the original thing there's an argument to be made but overall we know what we're talking about my question is this could this be the hail mary that the democratic party needed because the group of people that this pisses off women could come out this fall in a, in the midterms in a protest in numbers we've never seen what do you think Yes, absolutely. You know, and and, and most certainly the younger generation of women, because they're pissed. You know, Glastonbury was this weekend over in England and Olivia Rodrigo and Billie Eilish and these young women who have incredible influence are pissed as hell. You know, Taylor Swift probably has 50 million Twitter followers or something. Let those forces get people to show up at the ballots and it may be a bloodbath for the Republicans. And let's hope it is, you know, because look. Nobody likes abortion. I got no problem if you're anti-abortion and you don't think it's the right choice for you or your family or your your religion. Mm -hmm. No problem. But you can't tell a nation of 330 million people with the social problems we have and the lack of health care and child care in this country that you're forced to have an abortion in Texas as a 14-year-old girl. And women are going to feel the horror of that, not just see it like we do as men. They're going to feel it. They're going to die. They're going to carry unwanted pregnancies. And 
I don't think the world's ever seen a force like that. So from your from your mouth to, to God's ears, I hope she hears. You know? mm, yeah. Well, not, not only that, I mean, it's the backroom abortions and the, the safety issue now that's be, for those people that can't travel to a state where abortion is allowed. Right. And it's interesting. A few of these companies came out and said if they had employees that needed yeah. an abortion, they would pay to have them um, travel to another state. But the safety aspect alone, like it's naive to think that abortions are going to stop. Well, in they're those not states. That's it. And so now it's health and safety. Do they not think of that? But it's what right. Noel said. It's what you said, Noel, about yeah. <clears throat> there's there's going to be this cross state mm-hmm. um suing and people trying to get abortions in different states. I mean, the, what, I think Illinois is surrounded by a bunch of the the red states. They're going to be inundated with people. I'm just going to say this. Every time we've talked to you now in a couple years, it just seems like, like I said, like it just the America just keeps topping itself for, I, I don't even know what to call this category, but this just sounds so immature to the rest of the world. That's what it seems like. That's why I think in mm-hmm. people that are very religious and I, I include the MAGA people, they're just immature. They don't want to make decisions for themselves. And, you know, I was watching Fox News and listening to how the great victory, great victory for what? And Donald Trump, that fucker, how many abortions has he paid for? At least five. Exactly. Yeah, no, at least five. And all these guys have. And Donald Trump came into office with Elliot Broidy having an abortion scandal with a playmate that many say was Donald Trump's you know, Peccadillo, because that's why he had Michael Cohn paid the guy $1.6 million, you know? So, the yes, all these guys have abortions, and that's the point. The rich guy senator from Texas whose daughter gets pregnant at Austin, yeah. at UP Austin, is going to fly to New York for the weekend and get mm-hmm. an abortion when she gets pregnant in her freshman year, right? The people that are mandating this are still going to provide the safe so, you know, so, what, so what is behind it, in your opinions? It's a way to manipulate people. It's red meat. Guns and abortion are red meat. Look, all of these conservative organizations, the Federalist, you know, Heritage Foundation, Federalist Society, all these guys came to power in the late 70s and early 80s because they were reacting to Jimmy Carter and environmental regulations that were coming about in this country. And they were like, that can't play because that's our bottom line. The Koch brothers are funding most of this. Right. Because they're oil and gas industry. So they want people to react to the emotional issues that they tie to religion, like abortion and guns. But the big picture is they want that attitude of do not comply when it comes to, hey, you know, that pickup truck that gets ten dollars a gallon. That don't fly anymore. Mm -hmm. We got to switch to electric vehicles. The industry doesn't want that to happen. So they use the social issues to dumb people down and get them voting in these massive blocks that allow them to control the legislator. Interesting. You you, you talk about dumb. Any deeply religious person that loves Donald Trump, if they took 10 minutes to do a little research to see what what kind of a democratic atheist he was a short time ago. Mm -hmm. And now he stands up there on Saturday night at that rally and says this was the work of God. God made this decision. This is what he said to the crowd. (laughs) And they buy it. No. And, and, and I, listen, I hate, you know, you hate to generalize people, but you see those rallies and you see the people, they all look the same. Yeah. You yeah. know, 
They're not. They're not those centric. They're not those people in the middle. Well, no, you are making a great generalization because yeah. those are the same people that are sucked mm-hmm. in by Joel Olstein, and, yeah. and and I've said this too. Yeah. I have empathy for them. It's not that they. I don't. It's not their fault. You know, I was telling Fred I watched the uh, Elvis movie, and Tom Hanks is amazing as Colonel Tom Parker. But in a way, Trump is Colonel Tom. He just manipulates everything. They call it, Colonel Tom came from a uh, an era of the carnival. You know, the snow job of always mm-hmm. taking the mark for whatever you can. And that's Donald Trump. That's who he is. As you wore, you know better than uh, all of us. But you know, from all the things I've read, he is just a narcissistic carnival worker. Who's who's sucking these poor people in? Back to your point about they gave him money, and Donald Trump knew he was getting money from them for some legal defense fund that he was never going to use. But as friends said, why, why the reason they don't take two minutes and Google this is because they don't want to really know the truth. Right, and it's more fun to listen to the carnival barker and yes. show up on a Saturday night and raise your fist and talk about how you hate people, and you don't look that like, wait, who's backing this guy? Mm-hmm, now, yeah. Does Charles Koch have my best interests at heart living here in Southern Illinois? You know, like no, but they let Trump. Trump is almost the sideshow. You know, he's he's the he's the cartoon character mm-hmm. that allows the real smart people behind the scenes to do the evil stuff and, and set the course of this country and and to somehow have people make that connection that's a that's a tall order well it i'll is, tell you the right. last few days what it's what it's done for me is make me just want to kiss the canadian ground that i live on because i can't see this you know the right wing movement up here and there's one that's popping its head up they bring abortion into it and they're done I mean, oh yeah. they are yeah it's just not going to fly in this country and i'm so proud of that yeah. in some way they're trying to strategize bringing abortion into the mainstream they're they're fried and which will be good to see and uh and i i just can't see that happening here a hundred percent and and here's where they may overstep clarence thomas said after the abortion ruling that he also wanted to go after I think it's Obergfell, you know, the gay marriage thing. He said, we can go after gay marriage on the same grounds next. That hopefully will be a bridge too far. Well, it's no. 2022. You're going to tell people they can't get married to who they love? Like, get out of yeah, here. But Noel, yeah, but Noel, it's 2022 and they're trying to tell women. Like, we've all, I don't know about you, uh, but I was married. I, you're not telling, and I have two daughters, and you're not telling women anything maybe you're right about maybe that might be a bridge too far because you're not going to tell gay people they can't get married but back to what fred said too we're not going to give that right up we're not going to uh abortion if abortion and gay marriage starts getting you know thrown out in this uh whatever that stupid party up here is called that will be the end of them unfortunately for you guys you know, you'd think that Uvalde, you'd think that the daily mass murders, you'd think that the open carry legislation, you'd think that. And but none of it seems to to be the bridge too far, which is a great phrase. I wrote this down today. I thought it was interesting that, you know, America, we don't want to kill babies, but we don't mind shooting children in the face. Like, seriously, fuck how you how you could have that Uvalde happen. And then the same week that they, they, they have the NRA has a convention. Like, is there no part? Is there no shame anymore? Absolutely. And, and the whole this last weekend is nothing but videos of cops beating the hell out of protesters. Grandmas holding a sign in a park were getting their butts kicked by cops. You know, a, week, a month after the cops didn't even save those kids who were getting killed. So 
I don't know. I don't know what a bridge too far is. I know I'm extremely jealous of you Canadians, <laughs> as I always have been. You know, you do have a moderation that you should cherish. You know, there's there's just a reasonableness that is gone in our country. It's like when people become hysterical, they don't listen to reason. Right. We're almost a hysterical nation, which is another mm-hmm. legacy of Trump. We all have basically PTSD down here. Yeah. Like one story after another. We started this show just talking about the hearings last week. You know, mm-hmm. there was two hearings and two SCOTUS decisions last week that would be six months worth of unpacking on a political Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, and I this is why I ask you about the people in the middle, the Republicans in the middle down there, because, I mean, that's me as I sit. I'm a Canadian conservative, but I'm in the middle here. And the thing is, I'll tell you, my 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 target is the people on the right that want to act like like the far right Republicans. And there's a small movement up here. Right. But as a concern, you know, they just give conservatism a bad name. Mm-hmm. I agree. We've got to. It's us people in the middle that have to fight that off. Right. Because it could screw everything. Up. Absolutely. And conservative mm-hmm. wasn't wrong. It was good when we had a balance. You want reasonableness right. and to meet in the middle. And I'll mm-hmm. say one more thing and I'll shut up. But this is what Canadians need to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. The Supreme Court could announce today this other case, right, which is West Virginia versus the EPA, which would kick environmental regulations back to the states, meaning the federal government doesn't have a right to impose environmental regulations. It's up to the state. And so how do you think a state like Texas is going to decide to do something like that? Or mm-hmm. South Dakota, which is just over the border of, Can- you know, is close to Canada. So that affects you guys, because when those states are like, yeah, we're going to fire up coal plants 24-7 now, yeah. you know, and burn crude oil. The wind doesn't know borders, right? Exactly. The, the yep. pollution doesn't know borders. The temperature increase from global warming doesn't respect whether you're a Canadian and I'm an American. We're all North Americans, and we'll all suffer with that decision. Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, the thing I'd like the Supreme Court to look at again is uh, interracial marriage, which was just uh, the last state to uh, ratify that as okay. Uh, I don't know the state, but I know the year was 1967. And uh, which was only a few years before Roe v. Wade. And as you say in one of your tweets, and I, I, you, it's like, let's go back to segregated schools because kind of and then somebody re, um, remarked the this is your periodic reminder that the religious rights original beef was desegregation, not abortion. So, you know, you talk about going back to a, an old timey America uh, that's what they really want. They want to go back, and, and Fred said this a bunch of times, agree. Listen, they just want to go back to when there were no brown and black people, or no brown people and black people knew they place, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. Then, they want to go back to the 1950s. That's what they want. They want that America back, and that's, that's what it's all about. And, and that's the original sin, and that's yeah. the thing we never dealt with as a country. Our whole political mm-hmm. system was designed to appease the states that didn't want to join the Union, so we gave them the Electoral College and all these concessions to white, wealthy slave owners, like, here, you'll still have power, just come on board with this stuff, instead of saying, no, it's wrong. Yeah. You know, Jim Crow is wrong. Reconstruction. Mm-hmm. We haven't handled 
that issue since the beginning, and we've never gotten away from it as a country. Well, listen, man, we look forward to another appearance. I want everyone to uh, check out Noel's Twitter feed. That's what I do at Castler Noel. Plus, I see that you were blocked by the Republican Party of Texas. That's good for you, man. <laughs> that's And as you say, that's how you know you're doing it right. Uh, also, Noel's got a podcast. I believe it's called... The Noel Castler Podcast. Yes, very original. And I'll be in Cape Cod on August 3rd at the Music Room. So if you're summering on the Cape, come and see me. Good for right you, on, man. Brother. Listen, I'm, and that's a beautiful area. Thanks. And we'll talk. Well, I guess we'll talk to you uh, next month. Always a pleasure catching up with Noel Castler, once uh, the one of the producers for The Apprentice. So he knows his, he knows his shit, and that shit is Trump. Thank you, my friend. Thank Thanks you, all. guys. Have a great week. You talk too, to buddy. Um, before we uh, talk to uh, Tim Daniels here, Fred, why don't we just uh, briefly bring everyone up to date on what was going on? We got Wimbledon, we had the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, Colorado wins, and there's of course lots of other stuff going on with Bodog. Yes, Howard, Bodog. Uh, listen, uh, you know the Colorado Avalanche were favored to win the Stanley Cup, and they did. Uh, Remember I told you about that? The yes, of course. Dog, and that, that came to be. Uh, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. Uh, from their industry-leading odds, world-class sports book, and feature-rich poker room, to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. That's Bodog. And now uh, let's uh, check in with our friend Tim Daniels, who is living in Florence. You know, that's in Italy. And uh, it's interesting when you visit somebody and have a sense of the, the world that they live in. And, you know, I look out at my street here. I'm on the Queensway in uh, Toronto. And I, uh, having been to Florence and hung out with Tim, I, I just think every time I talk to him, or even when I, I just emailed Tim a second ago, and I'm like, I know when Tim goes out to get a coffee or, or his run, the historic buildings that are just around the corner from you, it's sort of insane when you think about it. That, Timmy, that, uh, where you live, do you have a sense of how old that building is? Um, actually, I, I heard the whole history of this because our uh, neighbor, it was her grandmother uh, uh, who built this house. And so there's been one family living in this house in one you know iteration or another uh for several generations and so, wow you know very cool so this one goes back to the um late 1800s so it's by florence standards this is a brand new build <laughs> that's right it's a <laughs> it's right. a new one it's one of the newer ones yeah. on the market yeah um speaking of markets man like uh you know we can talk health gauge here in a second but tim's also an expert in some other fields not the least of which is the the world of mining and metals. And I just read something this morning that, you know, that sector has gone crazy because, you know, uh, and, I, and I really couldn't understand. Like, so the 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 pressure on Russia, Ukraine and gas and it's putting pressure on all kinds of other industries. Sure. Yeah. Uh, beyond a doubt. I, I mean, you know, there's kind of this perfect storm scenario building um, and uh, supply lines being uh, limited because of, of the pandemic was the start. And then the, you know, the war in Ukraine kind of pushed it over the top. 
Um, and, and so what we're seeing is that this crunch that's been going on for some time, like for example, the computer chip uh, crisis started about two years before the pandemic. Um, mm. Every car manufacturer has been working on about one week's worth of motherboard chips mm -hmm. in inventory for several years now. So they, 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 the chip manufacturers can't keep up. That's one example. Um, the decarbonization of the planet. So everybody's going to, you know, green technologies, meaning uh, solar, meaning rechargeable batteries. And all those rely on a significant amount of natural resources like lithium, like copper, like cobalt, and so on. And all of those minerals are in short supply too. So you're seeing, you know, more and more people on planet Earth uh, you know, desiring more and more stuff uh, that we've all had in the West, you know, for for at least our whole life, um, and uh, and and so there's there's ever increasing pressures on the uh, um, supply lines of commodities, um, and the low hanging fruit's gone. I mean, you know, I me being in the mining industry, as you said. Um, and have been for you know a, a few decades now. Um, I know the, the you know the low hanging fruit has has been picked over. Mm -hmm. um, we have to go further and further afield and deeper and deeper underground for uh, uh, lower and lower grade deposits um, to satisfy the needs out there. Um, so yeah, so commodity prices are continuing to go up. Um, the latest and greatest is, is gold. Um, gold is always seen as, you know, this hedge against inflation, which, of course, the world is seeing now, but also a hedge against uncertainty. When, when all else fails, when you don't know uh, if, to, if you should be putting your money in the stock market or in real estate or under your mattress, Gold has always been the place that, that people have run to historically as that safe haven and, and for good reason. Um, and so for that reason, um, you know, gold has been trading near historic highs for the last while. And then in the last 24 hours, you know, the Western countries just announced that they were cutting off gold supply coming out of Russia, which is one of the biggest producers in the world. So that will dramatically increase the pressure on the supply side of, of the gold market. So I'm, I'm expecting that we're going to see some very immediate and, yeah. and, and dramatic impact on, uh, on gold prices as well. Yeah, we're so in it's, crazy. Uh, it's, a, it's yeah. a crazy world out there. Right no, now. I know it's a crazy times right now. I was talking to somebody that works at a, a grocery store, a Sobeys, and the time they're spending now going into the computers, changing prices on every item in the store. And yeah. it all just filters back to transportation, gas, all those things you talked about. Yeah. How we're yeah, all we sort of, I don't, I don't want to say suffering, but how we're all being affected by it right now. Yeah, for sure we are. And, and, mm -hmm. and um, you know, we've had a small taste of it. And I, I, I mean, mm -hmm. and I don't want to um, downplay the significance of this because it hurts a lot of people to mm -hmm. see, you know, a five, 10 percent, you know, price across the board for their yeah. groceries and heating and so on. So I'm not trying to make light of it, but I've seen situations where there's been hyperinflation. You know, I, I've I've had projects going on 
uh, in places like, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, Bosnia and, and Serbia when they were undergoing the, the, the hyperinflation. And when I say hyperinflation, um, I had mining engineers who worked for me who were saying that they would get their paycheck in the morning and that paycheck would be enough to cover about two weeks worth of groceries if they went to the store in the morning when they got their paycheck. If they waited until after work that same day and went to the grocery store, they could have maybe bought one egg with the, that same paycheck. Um, that That's how in, insanely uh, uh, inflationary um, the, the situation can get. Now, I'm not uh, suggesting that we're um, uh, headed for anything even close to that. But when you know people who have lived through mm-hmm. you know, that sort of hyperinflation, it really shows you the that there there's this um, unspoken uh, agreement that we all have with respect to the value of currency. But sometimes you get into these situations where you find out the currency is nothing more than paper. Right. And, and, mm-hmm. and, right. and, and yeah. when that uh, when that agreement as to what that piece of paper is worth breaks um you you find out that there's little or no value well i was going to say and and you wouldn't you would know better than i because again you know tim's brought to us by health gauge but one of the things i thought we would talk about today is is because you're an expert in a couple other fields not the least of which is mining but also in the world of you know, uh, Tim was a, uh, I'm not going to say a, f- a financial advisor, but you worked in the, the markets for a long time. Was there yeah. not a time in the 80s where the Mexican currency experienced, I don't know if you call it hyperinflation, where the value was just, it, it almost overnight became um, almost value less. Am I wrong? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, um, we had uh, some fun with that in that we were able to, um, you know, uh, uh, play off some of the the, the currencies against them, each, each other in the market um, and especially, you know, buy some um, uh, uh, some Mexican debt that was paying extraordinarily high mm-hmm. interest rates and hedging that and so on. So so sometimes there, there's there's way that, ways that you can um, profit. Um, if, uh, uh, if 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 you're savvy enough and nimble enough, right. and spend your whole day. But, but that goes that. to but that goes to your point that there was an agreed upon value of the peso, yeah. and then yeah. when that agreement disintegrated, the That's value right. became absurd. Um, exactly. I don't. I, again, I, I one of the you know Tim's been with us for uh, uh, quite a time now. We've talked about the health gauge. We're all wearing it. You know, I actually charged it. This is I, I had to charge it last night. And by the way, like my watch keeps its yeah. charge for a really long time but yeah, uh mine does as well it's you crazy like that. it really it works that that part of it is amazing but i i charged it last night so i wasn't literally my first thing this morning and you can see i i couldn't tell how much sleep i had because i didn't <laughs> but you see my can you see my golf my tan line that's how much yeah, i wear yeah. this thing um yeah. so we highly recommend it i just wanted to have this conversation because knowing you as i do there's so much perspective you have on metals, on markets. Can you give us, before we let you go, uh, go to healthgauge.com. The promo code, as you know, is HumbleFreightHG. We've heard from our listeners. They love this product. And uh, and we've loved our association with us. Is there any way you could just 
give us some hope, Tim? Is there, is there, it, it, well, because you've gone through this. You've been in the markets for years and years. You've seen the markets go up and down. Inflation comes and goes. What are we looking at here? Um, I, I, I think that there's no, um, you know, quick, easy fix to what we're going through right now. And, uh, um, you know, I think that um, we as, as investors need to look for um, uh, uh, those types of investments that help us, you know, hedge against the inflation as best they can. Um, I still very much like the, the, uh, uh, the, the precious and base metal markets, even though there's no bargains out there anymore. Everything is, uh, is pricey. Um, but, you know, just the simple rationale that there's, you know, more and more people on planet Earth every year and everybody wants more and more stuff. And uh, and that comes out of the ground that, you know, that that is all supplied to us by way of the mining industry. And so the, these commodities are are our lifeline, you know, to. to um, what we enjoy as as our our modern way of life, and uh, and and assuming that you know people aren't going to uh, easily give that up, mm-hmm. um, there, there there will be continued pressures on uh, on the the de- demand side of all commodities going forward. So so I think that uh, um, um, you know keeping your money into the, the base and precious metals is is a is a good place to be. At, as a as a blanket statement, okay. obviously mm-hmm. within those broad groups, there's some uh, uh, that are you know better positioned than others. That, that's for sure. Well, listen, man, um, we'll keep in touch. I, I I looked at your note here. Tim uses this phrase. Uh, you know, only smart guys use. Uh, he says I asked him a question. He goes, you know, I've been very tasked lately. I'm like, that's a smart guy phrase. Like <laughs> that's something that I've never said. I'm like, well, that's what that's 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 what big brain smart people say. Yeah. Uh, TD will be in touch. Thanks for uh, getting back to me on that email. And uh, once again, as uh, as always, great to uh, catch up with you. Okay. Always a pleasure, guys. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Tim. Good to see you, buddy. See, we're both from Moose Jaw, but he must have been from the side of Moose Jaw where they paid attention in school. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Take care, Timmy. Oh, man. Same mistake. Uh, Do you have something uh, you'd like to say about somebody? Yes, I would, Howard. I would like to say some nice things about the Chambers of Commerce Group Benefits. Oh, I'd love to hear it. Okay, I was in the. I went to the golf tournament on Thursday. My oh yeah, Daniel, tell me about it. Right, it was great. Yeah, we had a great time. Who did you bring? Rod Johnson. Pardon me. Who? Who did? I saw Rod at uh, the uh, function on Monday. Who did? Who played with you? Yes, he's, he said you were very funny. Um, uh, my son Danny. Aw. And uh, Rod uh, brought his brother Ian, and the four of us had a great time. How's uh, Danny? Uh, Danny's taken uh, Fred's son Dan. I sent mm-hmm. sent Danny to a friend of mine to uh, get some lessons. How's that working out for him? Um, you know, he's there's a lot to learn. Oh, yes, there is. Oh, I know, man. It's not easy, dude. When he gets over that ball, he's got a lot to think yeah. of right now. But I'll that's the problem you, with he, taking lessons is that it, it, it just it's great. But it's a long-term process. Oh, absolutely. And uh, as he said, it can be very frustrating. But he's going to per- he's going to persevere, persevere. Yeah. 
Uh, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Chamber plan is Canada's leading group benefit plan for, uh, say, one to 100 employees. Yes, you can just be a couple of, uh, couple of you in the office, and uh, this works for you. You can afford the premiums because all these small companies get together and they have the image of a big company, and, of course, that's how they keep the premiums down, and they've done a great job of keeping them down over the past uh, several years, actually. Go to chamberplan.ca today. Uh, you can get a free quote. It's right there. Get an idea of what it's going to cost you. See how manageable it can be. All sorts of testimonials by other companies that have uh, become part of the Chamber Plan and how it's worked for them. Okay, all sorts of products under the umbrella. So go to chamberplan.ca. Find out all about it. Chamberplan.ca. Yeah, I had a nice time. You were uh, working, uh, I guess that was the Tanner Financial Mm-hmm. Invitational tournament at Richmond Hill. You and I played it, I guess, last year together. I can't remember. Year before, okay. maybe. And then mm-hmm. I was uh, hosting the Chamber Plan of Ontario uh, conference dinner on Monday night. This is a nice, nice people. And they gave it all their awards. And I saw Rod. <laughs> and the, the buffet was very nice. You know, they're nice people, those uh, Chamber Plan people. Yeah, our buffet, you know, the, uh, the buffet is back. and uh, Yes, yes, and it I, is. Uh, it was good for the golf tournament, too. It was very, they had some salmon and chicken and steak. Come on. The corn on the cob was delicious. Caesar salad, it was all so tasty. Uh, I'll tell you what else is uh, good. <clears throat> it's on Ontario. DraftKings Sportsbook mm-hmm. has arrived. Now you can legally bet on all your favorite sports from MMA to hockey to, hockey to playoff hoops, you know. Bet uh, special parlays, spreads, money lines, and more. Plus, do it now from anywhere in the province. Join the action. Download the app and explore everything DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer to celebrate the pursuit. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering a wide variety of betting markets for all their customers. You can also check out DraftKings' impressive features, including same-day parlays, Select a game and combine multiple bets, like which team will win, goals scored, and more for a shot to win big. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook gambling problem? Call Connex Ontario, 1-866-531-2619+. Physically present in Ontario, Eligibility restrictions apply. See sportsbook.draftkings.com for details. All right. All right. Where do you think uh, Dan is? Oh, there he is. Hang on. I didn't know he had snuck himself into the waiting room. Mm hmm. Dan Duran. Dan Duran. Um, yeah, we were uh, talking to Noel there about this uh, decision that was overturned. And, and again, there's a, um, some legalese stuff around it that I really didn't understand saying that it should never have been enacted. It's not in the constitution, whatever, you know, but the fact that men have anything to say about women and their bodies, it gives me a little bit of hope that women are going to be like in this fall campaign cycle going to rise up and say no you can't and I, I again I know it might be naive but I hope it I hope they do 
I really the do. Only pro- the only problem with that is everything is so expensive and... You know, it's just the cost of living, the cost of gas and everything. Is that going to supersede that issue? Is Biden going to be blamed? The Democrats being blamed for something that's a world issue. Yeah. But again, you know, political strategy, you blame it on the guy in your area for something that's happening around the world. I mean, we do it here in Canada. What's going to take precedent? Are people so so stressed by the cost of everything in the United States that the abortion thing will just be something over there? Maybe. Who knows? You know, ju- just like um, mm-hmm. Trump's not the guy, and I, I've also said this since he ran, Joe Biden isn't the guy. No. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Like, sweet old Joe, but he ain't the guy. And unfortunately, I don't know who else they have. And if Joe Biden runs again, they're going to get stampeded. Uh, we, we received an email, uh, and we'll have to do it the next time with Noel, about he had some stories about Oprah. Yes. Yeah, I'd written and, that down. Uh, I forgot to ask him. Yeah, we really didn't have time today. But is it going to be someone like that? Are they going to have to reply with some, a name like that, mm-hmm. a profile like that, to rise above what's going on with the Republicans? Because you're right, it's, it can't be Joe. No. It's got to be a. It's got to be a, a superstar, either a political superstar, a young, bright political superstar, or literally a, a superstar. Yeah. No. No. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure we brought that up. That can't be the first time we suggested that someone like Oprah should run. Because yes. if you're going to run Donald Trump, then anyone can run. I remember right. when we were all younger and thought it was a big joke that Sonny Bono or Bono mm-hmm. was a senator. And then the guy from the love boat. I remember thinking that was absurd. But now all bets are off. Anyone can be president. Mm-hmm. Literally anyone can be president. I wonder if uh, Sonny hadn't hit the tree, whether he would have aspired to be president. The, the fucking tree could be president now. <laughs> Fuck, the guy hits a fucking tree. A fucking tree. The guy goes out for a ski, right? And ends up kissing a tree. And he could have maybe been president. Mm. All right. Um... Dan, are you ready? Are you emotionally prepared for the news? Yes, I've been uh, preparing myself for the since Friday. Yeah, I hope we have some good news coming up today. Although I do, I found a story that is at least hopeful. I, no. What's that, Dan? Oh, you got a good news story? Well, yeah. If you don't, I've got just a quick a good. Uh, news I don't announcement. have a good news story. Oh, I have a good news announcement. Uh, um, oh, really? What's that? Okay. Yeah. Look forward I've to that. got a um, what were you thinking story I'd like to raise. Okay, well, here we go. We've got uh, Dan's news. I have a good news announcement. And Fred has a what were you thinking? One, but first, this uh, this thing. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran. A hell of a guy with a hella big wang. The quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dandoran, the anchorman comes As for credentials, he has none Can't tell a headline from his bum But his voice is nice and low Dandoran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low mm, And now with news live from Lakeside It's Dandoran Our... Canada is a great place to live. How to move to Canada from the U.S.? That question surged on Google searches on Friday following the U.S. Supreme Court decision. The one that overturned Roe versus Wade. Mm. 
It spiked, according to Google Trends, uh, to 800, 850% in an hour after the Supreme Court decision. And really? uh, then how to become a Canadian citizen spiked <laughs> 550% in the same time frame. And by the way, uh, Joyce Arthur uh, was talking to the CBC. She's the executive director of the Abortion Rights Coalition of Canada and said she's concerned Americans seeking abortion in Canada could overwhelm clinics and is calling for more uh, abortion clinic funding. Yeah, yeah man. Um, how we're having this conversation shows just how deeply entrenched in our society, ours too, religion is. And just how bizarre that is, that some pamphlet that was written by a bunch of old fucking white people has taken hold in this world. I know you're not going to like this, Dan. It's why religion is literally the worst thing we've ever produced. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I don't know if I can totally no, agree with it's that. it's the worst. But I mean, no, you, know, you have to agree. <laughs> no, I... <laughs> I don't. I, is it even open for debate? Like, well, of course it is. I mean, religion is uh, can be taken in uh, an extreme way and justify an amazing amount of destruction and murder and all the rest of that. Or you know, you can look at its roots and you know, and, 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 and its aspirations and not necess- not involve all this like a lot of it is uh, really uh, the bible and it, it, jesus is all about love mm. and caring for your fellow man and and uh, these these it's uh, christian principles have been really distorted by no, but, by but, but, fundamentalists and stuff but i think you just just describe why it is it, it's wrong all the interpretations if there was no religion there wouldn't be interpretation and we wouldn't find ourselves in the situation we're in it would just be nice if it never existed on any level just think how how much how much better the world would be without it and now here's fred patterson with his version of imagine by john lennon well, imagine this uh, listen i'll say it again it's literally the worst thing because what you just described is this, you know, it's, it's always, and again, I don't want you to have to, mm-hmm. I, I, Dan, I don't want you to have to defend religion. I'll just say this, because it's indefensible. All of it, it is. <laughs> it's all nonsense. It's all yeah. ridiculous. And it was created for a couple of reasons. One, to explain to uh, human beings who had no idea why the sun came up every day. So it was a bit of an explanation for life. It was kind of like, this is what life is, according to us. And it was also, in its beginning, a way to keep people in line. To give, you know, to who, you, you, because you feared the wrath of God. And that, you know, that kept people in fealty to whoever they were being ruled by. Because it's always been connected. It's, there's been no separation. The reason that it says in the U.S. Constitution separation of church and state was because it hadn't been separated for thousands of years. You know, you've seen Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was all part of it. It really is the root of all evil. Yes, thank you. They said that about money. Mm -hmm. Money is the root of all evil. Bullshit. Religion is the root of all evil. 
Well, money takes a good. No, I know, but if there were no people. religion, no one would. Mm-hmm. There, there would. Who would, then? You don't. Care, no one would care about gays being married or women being in charge of their own uteri. Yeah, and as we've said, look at the state of the United States of America right now. That's religion. All of it. And that's that's the prevailing thing right now. The country is upside down because of religion. That's where it all starts. Well, I don't know. I, I don't have to Dan, think on you, this a little bit more. I don't know if we're, pie, if we're pie charting evil. I don't know if... if yeah. uh, oh, we're pie charting, my thing. friend. <laughs> I had, you know what? I had a strawberry rhubarb pie the other night. It was good. It's the farmer's market that you get at the Supercenter. Yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm playing golf on Friday with some uh, guys who are you know, big-time Ontario senior golfers, one of which owns a pie company. And I saw a note from him, <laughs> this is true, this morning saying, hey, guys, looking forward to Friday's round. I'm bringing pie. And I'm like, I'm going to get a pie. Dan, thanks for bringing up pie. <laughs> exactly. Because that is something we can all agree on. Yes. Um, anyway, I don't want to get it down again. Once again, maybe yeah. maybe round the fire in a couple of weeks when I'm up there at trailer at the trailer <laughs> paradise. Yes. All, At the uh, Hubble and Fred Lakeside Studios. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you? So do you have another story? Yeah, I have another story. All right. Well, then don't get mm-hmm. don't get all up all in right. your face. Here we okay. go. Dan has another story, everybody. Hair dye sweatmaster Rudy Giuliani was assaulted over the weekend in a grocery store, and had he not been as physically fit as he is, could have ended up on the ground dying. Mm. The assailant has been arrested and charged with assault of someone over 65, and that is a felony in New York. Mm. Rudy said he still has a red welt on his back from a heavy back whack. Except... If you look at the security footage of the event, what really happened was a store employee tapped him on the back, kind of like a good to see Mm -hmm. a tap uh, to get his attention and then started telling Rudy that he really didn't like him. Of course, Rudy's story is far, far, far different. Mm -hmm. So I get out. I walk to the men's room. I come out of the men's room. A group of people are around me, hugging me, kissing me, telling me Andrew's great. And all of a sudden... I feel a shot on my back, like somebody shot me. I, I went forward, but luckily I didn't fall down. Mm. Lucky I'm a 78-year-old in pretty good shape. Because mm. if I wasn't, I'd have hit the ground and probably cracked my skull. And then I look around and the guy says words I can't repeat. You effing whatever. And then he goes on and on and on, yelling and screaming. He moves away, yelling and screaming. Uh, things like you're going to kill babies your people are going to kill ba- uh, not babies you're going to kill women you're going to kill women uh, he looked either drunk or high he works for ShopRite alright 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 Rudy just shut up <laughs> there's another Andrew guy is. that knew the whole thing was this fucking scam <laughs> how he has fallen eh wow. oh my god by the way, his son, Andrew, who is running for governor right now in 2022, said uh, he's, his, his father's doing fine. But it's a sad day when New Yorker's greatest crime fighter, America's mayor, is attacked. I blame the left wing for encouraging violence. Ah, this is right. crazy. Yeah, the left wing is encouraging violence. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Fred, what did you have? Uh, your thing well, was yeah, uh, interesting. You you want to talk about, you know, um, relationships and uh, relatives in politics. Uh, my question is, Doug Ford names his cabinet. Right. 
the other day on Thursday, whatever it was, Friday, <laughs> and names his nephew, Michael Ford, a brand new MPP. Brand new. Has never done the job before. 28-year-old. Gives him a cabinet position, citizenship and multiculturalism. I don't care if this kid is the most qualified for that job in the history of the job. The optics are just ridiculous. What was he thinking? Why wouldn't he come out and say, you know, Michael's a good kid, you know, let him put in four years, uh, let him put a term in and see if he can prove himself. But right out of the gate, he gives his nephew that cabinet position when there's so many qualified people that don't have one. Uh, Again, what was he thinking? Like, how did he think this was going to play out other than nepotism and favoritism and... All the isms. Yeah, I saw that. All the isms. I wasn't even, like, paying... I I, literally could only be paying... A tenth of attention, and he, and see that story, and I thought the same thing. Like what? Mm-hmm. He, and and I heard how young he was. Um, I didn't realize until you just pointed out it was his first time. I know. I thought. I saw. That's exactly my reaction when I saw this story. Yeah, he was a city come counselor. On, yeah, come on, ye. Although he was a city councilor, he's never been in like. You know, like uh, provincial or federal politics, but but he's it's like what he's in charge of. I don't know. It doesn't seem like it would be too tough. <laughs> like I don't know, citizenship, multiculturalism. I mean, I, don't know. I can probably handle yeah. that. But it wouldn't matter what the position. Was. No, exactly. The fact that he gave him one because that comes with a nice little uh, sure it does pay increase, and it just it just sort of it stinks. Um, I will okay. Well, I'll tell you what, before we finish the show. Uh, dee, 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 where is this thing? You've got a good news story. I will. I, I will have a, well, it is kind of good news. There's at least hope in this world. But first, this important message. Cursing during your commute again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard. You know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Uh, there, according to the World Health Organization, the WHO, they have made an announcement today that monkeypox, as far as they can tell, is not a global threat. I repeat, monkey thought monkeypox will not be something we need to worry about. There won't be any monkeypox mandates. There won't be, you know, wearing monkeypox masks. Monkeypox apparently is going to pass us by this time. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah. No so monkeypox. Monkeypox Passover. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Dan. Yeah. Hey, remember COVID? Yes, <laughs> I do. It's interesting since they've stopped giving daily updates, right? How that's sort of, uh, yeah, it's just sort of disappeared from the landscape. And uh, like, even people like talking about it. Yeah. It seems to have gone just poof. (laughs) You know, you often will point out that, you know, you'll say something or I'll say something and we were both going to bring it up. If I shared my screen with you right now, you would see that I have the COVID numbers up. Because I was curious this morning. I'm like, whatever happened to COVID? <laughs> I did it. I have it right here in front of my screen. I'm like, what? Is-? Mm-hmm. So Canada yesterday 
My theory is no one's reporting it anymore. That's true, yeah. Canada yesterday had zero cases reported. Um, zero deaths as well. Even the old U.S. of A. had only reported 15,000 cases yesterday and nine deaths. I know it's a weekend, but even a couple days ago, there are, you know, the U.S. is now around 66 deaths a day, which be, would be the same as like, there are now less deaths from, less daily deaths from COVID than there are from gun accidents and mass murders. So, you know, they got that going for them. I think the COVID, with the with the vaccine, you know, there's that argument. Oh, yeah, they told us you can get the vaccine and then we wouldn't get COVID, but now we can. And obviously, we mm. know all about that. It wasn't as severe. What we don't know is how many people got the vaccine and didn't get COVID at all because of the vaccine. You know what I mean? We all react to things differently. But there's got to be millions of people that got the vaccine and didn't get COVID for whatever reason within their body what their metabolisms are or whatever mm-hmm. metabolism is you know i mean and you you'd never be able to to know what that number is but i bet you that is significant the people that got the shot and got covid are probably the fringe yeah just a theory no no i get it <clears throat> well back back when we were t- keeping track of numbers there was there was a, st- a statistical analysis that showed that there was a you know a huge decrease after the people got the vaccine oh, oh yeah. yeah and and you know right now don't forget we're in summer yeah <laughs> no no that's true seem like it. And, and in the fall things could research well that's, I, I, I hear stories still about people who you know had it in their family and shut down the family for a week or whatever and mm-hmm. you know not not severe but have it have well had it, charlie know. yes yes oh yes 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 uh your goddaughter dan charlie got yes. it again mm-hmm. uh last week and um you know, I was just checking with her and checking in with her daily and and uh, you know there were a couple of I would say the more severe days weren't that severe. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the whole, you know, what you just said, Freddie, about, well, I thought you couldn't get it. Well, no, you mm. nimrod. <laughs> um, Dan, here, to, to your story about Rudy, Giuli- Rudy Giuliani, I saw this reaction right now. Um, this somebody was talking. He said he was frightened of irrelevancy and he thought he was finished. His drinking accelerated the beginning of a series of, ep- of episodes in which he fell down and hurt himself. He was always falling shit face somewhere, said ex-wife Judith Giuliani. <laughs> Look, yeah. what a fucking asshole. Not her. I don't know her. God. You know who's a fucking asshole, too? Is this, you know, I'm sorry. And a lot of people respect him and love his podcast, Joe Rogan. Like, I'm hearing that stuff a couple of weeks ago, like when we, our handgun ban and, you know, questioning Canadian safety and what are we thinking? And yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, we're the, backward, we're the backwards ones. Oh, yeah. And a lot of that stuff pops up, you know, and all the power to him and he's built a great thing there a great podcasting empire with lots of money but man a lot of stupid stuff comes out of that man's mouth oh yeah so you know you can suck it you can I'm take a big sip of her cocks <laughs> so okay time to go yeah the asshole list just gets longer and longer yeah and French show. we should do it as a complete a separate leaderboard, show. A leaderboard we should we should do a complete separate show of people we think are fucking assholes top 10 
Every week. Just, every Thursday just to be the asshole show. <laughs> All right. Are you done? I'm done. All right. Well, thank you very much to Noel Kassler. Uh, this is going to be a big show tomorrow. Maureen Holloway and Wendy Mesley will be our guests. They've got a new podcast, and I guess we'll revisit some of the uh, highlights of working with the great and disgraced John Derringer. We'll see you tomorrow, Dan. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, Relaxicare, and DraftKings. Email us at humbleandfred at humbleandfredradio.com. Like and subscribe. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and I don't care that Fred wears my bathing suit. <laughs> so gross. The lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts. Two turntables and a microphone Bottles and cans and just clap your hands Or just clap your hands Where's